Hello, Rallo. How are you? Good, how are you? Thank you for joining me here on my podcast today. Of course. Um, we just watched your animatic that you released recently. <laughs> find me here, right? That's what it's called? What was it? Sorry? You'll find me here? Or is that what it's called? The, the cover yeah, that's the song. Yeah, find me here. Um, you put a lot of work into that story, though. You, you were telling me last night just about how much of the, that stuff you were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that character development is pretty insane. How much Thank work you. did you put into, like you said, the idea for this story came into your head like two months ago? Like around two months ago, it actually started as like a trauma revenue in a way. So something to relate to, to like comfort me. Then I was like, I should add more depth to this. Like this has potential to become a story and have other people relate to what it means. So it started off with a uh, lavender in the um, video as the rabbit. It's like a trauma remedy almost, like a comfort item. <laughs> but um, eventually it transformed into a character himself. And the series is called Prisma Visions. And a fun fact about that is my tarot deck is actually called Prisma Visions, which is why I named it Prisma Visions, because it's my spiritual journey. <laughs> Correlation there works. I, I love when uh, somebody incorporates something that they have created like or that they have like a deep meaning for like and then they sort of incorporate it into their own lives like i i take a lot of the spiritual stuff that i've been learning and i have incorporated it into mostly what i've learned growing up is that the world is comprised of atomic structure and you know everything's made of matter and we're all different particles basically the way that my spiritual journey is panning out is just telling me that these molecules and all this matter is just mingling with it's all of this stuff to you know constantly create and uh right. that's what i think every person is here to do on this planet and what you've been doing recently has been very magnificent it's just colorful <laughs> it's overall over the top like just it's a spectacle <laughs> yeah. It's definitely reminiscent of like children's shows and stuff like that that I, yeah. that I used to really enjoy growing up and stuff like that. It reminds me of some of the Dr. Seuss work that I've seen. And I mean, okay. that's, there was, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that a little later, <laughs> actually. I'll, 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 deal, I'll deal with that later. But um, tell me a bit about some of the characters that you want to talk about. So the main protagonists are Fawn and Lavender. So those two are pretty much shown in the video itself, the animatic. And um, Prisma Visions itself is about how the universe sends out these cosmic rabbits out to certain humans. Some of them actually don't have humans. They just kind of show up randomly. Whenever you need to learn something, whenever you need to hear something, it's kind of like when the universe sends you a message whenever you need to hear it. Like, I am searching for a definition for how i'm going to solve this certain problem and then the universe is like okay i'm not going to give it to you right in your lap because nothing comes easy in life but i'm going to send it to you in something like a synchronicity or something like that so that's how some of the rabbits show up or it's honestly a big work in progress i haven't created all the humans yet but all the rabbits there's eight in total have been created and they're all named after the colors of their mane so lavender then there's noir for example and gold and cerulean so um, hit my glasses. <laughs> so basically, they're sent out to help these humans travel through their last reincarnation. So every I usually implement what I've learned so far from people that I look up to, 
uh, and use those as quotes and then just kind of bounce off of it. Since I don't have like a professional Procreate on an iPad yet, <laughs> I use an art studio app for $5 on my iPhone and I use my finger to draw everything, which is why it takes me so long to do so many things because that's kind of how I grew up with. I never had an iPad or anything professional to use, so I just kind of tended to the garden that I could touch at this point and sometimes do traditional and just kind of upload it onto my phone. And um, I like to write a lot. So that was kind of seen in your um, cover photo that I have a lot of poetry. And there's also an excerpt of like a teaser of what Prisma Vision is going to be about, one of the heaviest subjects to kind of draw people in. Uh, so it's probably going to start out most likely literature first to kind of appeal to the senses of imagery and then slowly add into the animatics and such like that. But the character development sheets will be created. So it gives more imagery to what's going on in the piece. <laughs> A lot of your work is, is uh, like uh, digital art. It's very um, smooth looking. Like there's not, there's not a lot of uh, hesitation. It doesn't look like there's a lot of hesitation in your work. Um, we've got a couple of questions from the chat. I want to get back to exactly what we were talking about <laughs> in a moment, but there's people here asking questions now. Um, <laughs> so we got one from the DTFH coming in uh, asking if you've got the tablet that you were working on. So I did get the tablet for Christmas. It did not work on my Mac. So we're taking it back and I'm actually getting the iPad, which has Procreate on it. And that's going to have the illustration app on it, which is what I use. I'm an illustrator. That's why he mentions like Dr. Seuss and such like that. So that is going to be 10 times better for this. And I'm planning to do that this week, actually. But uh, getting back to that, like, I mean, I use I use my phone this this stylus most of the time i have a tablet as well that i use but when i do digital stuff i just it, sometimes i use my finger but most of the time i just use that little stylus it right. seems like i i tried to sit down and do a detailed piece like something like you do the other day and i could barely get like sort of the basic shapes out how long does, <laughs> does one of these like digital pieces like if you're working on some of this stuff how long does it take you so for, it really depends on the time of day, surprisingly. Like for some reason, if I'm trying to draw in the morning or the afternoon and my brain just doesn't want to cooperate, it looks like a preschooler fucking draw it. So I try not to do that. But around midnight or one in the morning, that's when my creativity really sparks and come to life. So I do a lot of things during the nighttime. Like mm -hmm. I'll first draw it traditionally and have a really rough sketch of it, but then I'll upload it on my phone and then use two layers to um, trace over the line art and then color it in and just kind of go from there. So you use multiple layers? You shrink them down like to... Single? I use two. Just two layers. Just two layers? Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Some of your work is <laughs> over the top. Like, for two layers. I mean, I usually, for my adverts for my podcast, I use like six or eight layers just to get a I've couple I've seen people do that. I don't know how to do that, actually. Because I know some people use those layers where they can block out certain lines that they can't color over. I don't that so guess what i do i color over the lines and then i retrace over the lines and then i shade them and then i color over the lines again and then i redraw the lines it's <laughs> what do you do with a five dollar app well what can you do with a five dollar app i mean exactly it looks you like, do what you can it looks like what you can do with a, a five dollar app is pretty incredible thank you to be honest i'm just flipping through some of it here on, on <laughs> and people are taking a look at it I mean, your your midnight gospel stuff is just incredible. I'm personally more of a fan of some of your sketch work 
Um, really? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very fine in detail. <laughs> it's up on the screen right now. Sorry, we're just flipping through some of the bigger no, ones. That's fine. Now this, I I went through your YouTube last night and. A few months ago, you posted uh, a video, another cover song, I believe it was, and it seemed to incorporate all of the different colored rabbits from Prisma Visions. I'm trying um, to remember which one. I don't remember <laughs> what it was called, to be honest. Actually, I'm gonna. Actually... If it's the one with the illustrations that are just kind of colored in with only the lines, that's actually not Prisma Visions. I think it's. Is it the Moon Song? You know what? I'm not sure. Because that actually wasn't Prism Editions. <laughs> Most of the things that I create have symbolism in them. So it's always, and that's the main thing with Prism Visions as well. Everything's up for interpretation, which I took influence from the Midnight Gospel from as well. Like, uh, Duncan will always have his definition for what it means, but in Prism Visions, I'll always have my definition for what the rabbits and the humans mean and what they're going through. But it's really up for interpretation. There's really no right or wrong answer. And that's kind of the motto I live by as well for like my spirituality and magic. There's really no right or wrong answer. Your belief is what gives power to how you live, really, your passions. As long as you believe in it, as long as you think it's right, as long as it's not harming anyone, then fuck, do it. Like, live your life. Be happy. Who cares? So Speaking of the DTFH, though, Duncan is a major inspiration, and I guess absolutely. this illustration <laughs> came out of that, too. Hey, right? yeah! Um, that link is somewhere. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, there it is. You can get uh, one of Dub's shirts from any of those links that I just put in the chat. Um, but when you're working on something, are you, have you already interpreted what it means to you before you're finished? Yeah, I'm a daydreamer. So everything that I daydream in my head, I try to implement as much as I can into artwork. But it's kind of challenging because... What, a lot of artists struggle with this too. They like see a perfect image in their head. I want to do this. And then they struggle to make it perfectly the same. And it's usually never the same. You think of like this entire Mona Lisa masterpiece in your mind, and then you actually have to sit down and do it. And it's the same thing with writing too, especially with the writer's blog. It's like, I have this entire idea that I want to put onto a paper and you sit down and you type a few words and it just doesn't work. <laughs> like, you're just like drawing a blank. Like, Shh, it does not <laughs> always come out the way that you expect. No. One of the things that I notice when I'm doing art is that there's always <laughs> there's always a, a fluence like um there's a flow and it always it doesn't always come it does like sometimes that flow is interrupted or blocked or whatever but there, it's always something that like is there when you when you're taking something that you've had your daydreams about and you're trying to put it on a paper or a tablet or whatever, does it ever get misinterpreted or do you always sort of like, if do you let it block if, you, if it sort of comes to something that you're not sure that it actually means? Like in my own interpretation or other people's interpretations when well, it's done? When, it, when, when you're creating something, I don't think that other people's interpretations, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, other people's interpretations of it aren't really... Oh yeah, they're different. <laughs> yeah, they don't really matter, and you don't really 
I mean, you can take a couple. Oh, what are people going to think about this? And you might think, oh, they might think it's stupid. They might think it's yes, <laughs> it's like somebody somebody younger drew it or something like that. But it really, as long as I think that the purpose of if you're going to make art, you're going to make art because you want to make art. So the true purpose of anybody making art is really for themselves. So it's really about your interpretation. But right. if you're taking one of your ideas that you've sort of daydreamed about and you want to put it on a physical, like in a, into imagery, when you're looking at that as a, as a whole and you're like, okay, so what does this mean to me? Like as for rabbits, like lavender and they came out as, as rabbits. They came, right. Why did they come out as rabbits? So for rabbits, I always thought it would be one of my spiritual animals, as well as like a deer and obviously a dove. But rabbits kind of, they're swift, they're intelligent. Uh, I take inspiration from Watership Down. It's a very good book and it's a very good movie. It's my favorite childhood movie. And it's Prince with a Thousand Enemies. So in this story, uh, the rabbits are literally the prince with a thousand enemies. They have everyone against them. There's the world's against them. Their prey, the predators are against them. But they were given the gift of um, speed. So they have these long legs to run away. And um, I like the speed. And I, it, I, it's not completely worked out yet. <laughs> I just like rabbits. I have my own rabbit. I like the meaning of rabbits. I just like when they come up. Watership Down was always a childhood movie. I like the art of those. That's most likely why. Like I said, this is a huge work in progress. So half the time I just pull ideas out of my ass and implement them. But um, I like the art style of Watership Down. I like the spiritual meaning behind it. So it's like, I kind of want to take inspiration from that. I want to make them rabbits too. It was always a thing. It's weird because I had that in my past artworks as well before I even thought of Prisma Visions. And I always asked myself that same question. Why rabbits? And I never had an answer for it. It just came to me. It's always a rabbit. Well, see, that's what I mean then is because like I was asking more about like, you know, if something being interpreted to you ever feels the wrong, like the wrong thing being interpreted, but it, you definitely felt like for rabbits that this was the right thing being interpreted right. here. So I, I feel like we definitely got to the root of that. Yeah. Um, why, why is it that you decided now to tell your story? I mean, like you said, I never had any ideas. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's another good reason. Actually, you know, couldn't think of it before. I didn't think of it before. No, that's not. About as plain and simple as you can get, really. So, why do you make art? Let me put it that way. Art makes me happy. That's kind of what I grew up with, and art makes the world go around. You find art in really everything. Anything you look at, you'll find art in. Without color in the world, then really why is the world spinning there's has to be color in the world i like black and everything i mean that's obvious but black is still a beautiful color to me dark mm. colors can still be beautiful even faded colors can still be beautiful there's art in literally everything there's art in like talking the tone of voice is art there's art in how people portray themselves there's art in emotions so i run off of art i was and was as a child i was bullied a lot so i didn't really have many friends so my only friend was art was creativity was imagination and i would create all these characters like why do you have imaginary friends that's creative outlet too so i think i make art for uh creative outlets i make art for my own anxiety and prisma visions is going to be something that hopefully 
uh, helps other people relate as well because it's going to have dark topics such as like depression, anxiety that are personified and turned into these like grotesque monsters and such. So I kind of want it to be like a, a series that people can relate to, that people can go back on and take quotes from, that people can find these characters as comfort characters that they can just kind of kinship as just something they relate to. I want it to make them feel something. I want, I like to make people feel something when I draw or when I create art or when I sing, I like when people show me that they have emotion. I like vulnerability. It's probably the most beautiful thing to me to be vulnerable and human. Yeah. Like I was saying to you last night, and I think this morning too, your character development is just amazing. So I think you can <laughs> Um, you cited Tim Burton and Trevor Henderson before as some of your influences for your artwork. That's obviously right. more some of the darker side. Uh, some yeah, that's going to be like the monsters inside. drawings and stuff like mm -hmm. that that you do. But uh, what are some of your other inspirations? So the inspirations for the kind of cartoonish illustration style that I draw right now would be uh, being Puppycat. Major inspiration because I, I love it's. I'm trying to remember Pendleton Ward. Correct, right. Okay, so it seems to be that every show he's created, I ended up taking inspiration from. Adventure Time, The Midnight Gospel, and Being Puppycat were all created by this same glorious man. And I just, oh my god, I love it. I just love it so much. Yeah, I mean, Adventure Time I've been getting into more recently than I was before. I, I'm, 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 I have to cite my, my own opinion here. The character development that Pendleton goes for is very different from what I'm used to, the styles that I'm used to. So Adventure Time was a little bit difficult for me to take to, but my kids have been watching it. So mm. um, I've kind of I've kind of fallen in love with a, a couple of the characters. So we're getting more into that uh, over on this end, too. But um, we're going to we're going to talk about. Um, I mentioned Dr. Seuss earlier, but uh, we're going to talk about your characters that you recently put out there, Rat and Tat. Um, I watched this <laughs> short a little while ago. Um, Mr. Green Cheese, I'm looking at you. Um, but it was quite interesting. I was more of a fan of the first half than the second half. But these... Um, yeah, understandable. <laughs> there's a specific image, that a, a painting that Dr. Seuss put out there that I, that I was particularly reminded of. I think it's mm -hmm. called Image of a Thousand Cats or something like that. It's a bunch. It, he said there's something like 300 and something cats on, on the painting. And I was <laughs> immediately reminded of that when I saw Rat and Tat. And I, at first I didn't remember who the illustrator of the painting was or who the, who the artist was. And I, I found out it was Dr. Seuss. And then I looked at some of your work and I looked at some of Dr. Seuss's work. And some, not necessarily Lavender and the characters from Prisma Visions, but some of your other work some of the way that you interpret some things is very Seussian. And mm. I don't know if you've ever considered that about yourself. I don't know if you no. grew up with Dr. Seuss as, as, a, as a young girl. Maybe. But, Fox and Socks rings a bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, everybody has, uh, has, a, has, I mean, I think in school, gone through like some of the Dr. Mm -hmm. Seuss stuff. I mean, I can't say everybody because he's not that old. But, um... It was interesting to me that I, just that correlation um, of some of your work seemed to be, you never cited him as an inspiration or anything, as far as I could tell. But mm -hmm. uh, it was just interesting how we sort of uh, wound up talking. Rat and Tat here, we uh, 
two two very peculiar cats that run a coffee shop. Right. Um, my my son particularly has has this little place that he runs. Uh, it's a little kitchen from the corner of his bedroom that he calls Kitty Cat. <laughs> so you see, That's adorable. Interestingly enough, when I when I first uh, listened to or watched this, uh, I mean, I guess it was a voice reel. It's more just of an image. Yeah. But um. Are you going to work on that for like an animatic as well? For Rat and Tat in general, or yeah, they're background characters. Okay, so here's the background. Background behind them is the fact that uh, so Mr. Green Cheese, my best friend Chris and I, we're kind of like voice actors in a way. He has all the professional setup equipment. So the covers that you see me doing, he did the ukulele for out of tune. He did like the music, the background music for um, I Am Not Alive. Most of the songs that I do that I haven't ripped off of YouTube for the instrumental because I don't play instruments came from him because he has logic. I have GarageBand. There's very limited things you can do between those two softwares. But um, so he does most of those stuff. And we just like to sit in his room and say random shit. And then somehow we incorporate these things like we were just sitting here making stupid fart noises into a microphone for 10 minutes straight and then went what if we turn this into a character what if we like put these stupid voices that we're doing into the microphone for absolute no reason just just to pass time and turn it into a character and everything that was in that one script was improvised that was an entire take just us bullshitting around so we created a story off the bat pretty much well, so they're else, technically <laughs> where else does it come from imagination right it comes from your absolutely it's just boredom and then having fun and getting used to your inner child just letting that run loose because who doesn't like fart jokes come on <laughs> who doesn't a couple of them every now and then can't hurt nobody exactly um you recently auditioned for the part of ellie on uh robo zeta that's that on even... tiktok yeah it's something I found on TikTok, and I like to scroll through the hashtags for voice acting because I'm an inspiring voice actress. So I saw this come up, and I was like, oh, shit, because I like to do protagonist voices, like children's voices and such like that. And um, I just decided to audition for it. That gun from there. The auditions are not even closed yet. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's a... I haven't watched much of it. I saw your audition. And I saw mm -hmm. a clip on YouTube that was not in English. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're looking for English voice actors. Yeah, English dub. <laughs> so, I mean, but um, my kids are watching, uh, like, cartoons nowadays, and I'm sitting on the couch flipping, you know, doom scrolling, as you would put it. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, I, I, I put my phone down, and I just try to live, uh, and I watch what the kids are watching on TV, and I just sit there with them. But... Uh, there's a couple cartoons that specifically reminded me of that one, and they're, pr they're pretty popular. Mm. So, I mean, if you get on that show, you better look out. You're going to have a lot of people looking into your work. <laughs> a little chuffed about that, are you? Um, but, I mean, it's definitely, like, something that could that's going to develop into something. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see what else you put out there as far as voice acting goes have you have you ever other than the stuff that you've done for yourself have you ever done any other voice acting i've not done it for like other people but um i took professional voice acting lessons like two or three years ago 
where we that's the first time I ever actually stepped foot into a studio and learned how to use a microphone and we call this the cans. So um we would just be given podcast lines or commercial lines, advertisement lines, and we just have to like keep reciting them back and forward to each other until we got it right. And people like critiquing everything. It's a friendly kind of thing, just to see if it's your cup of coffee. And eventually I like the cartoons and then I took a class for cartooning and then I was named Twilight Sparkle. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think you told me about that before. Um, I used to do voices and stuff. In, in oh, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about whether I should or not, but I'm probably. Oh, not no, gonna... please, go ahead. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,. No, but I used to do a little bit of uh, just like messing around and we didn't really ever record anything. Um, but what what about voice acting makes you want to uh, pursue it? I like to give life to characters. It's one of my biggest passions to give life to a character, especially the ones that do not have a voice. So um, like characters from a book or I'm trying to remember kind of things like okay back when i first started voice acting homestuck so they it's like this rpg kind of game and um they don't have voices and that gives you free reign to give them whatever fucking voice you want and i love that i love that when you can just go free reign when you don't really need a description of the character you can just go absolute batshit with it and then if people like it people like it uh one of the most recent ones that i did the arcana it's like this visual novel kind of thing it's an app and I used to do these like really grouchy voices for a character named Volgora. And that's one of my favorite voices to do, actually, is to go stepping out of my boundaries. And that's another reason why I like voice acting, actually, because it takes me out of my comfort zone, but in the most comfortable way possible, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't need to publicly do it. I don't need to really show anyone, but I can have fun with it at the same time. Like, can I make my voice deeper? Can I scream at the top of my lungs and still make sense? Can I give emotion to this character? So Volgora is a character that's all about blood blasts and everything. He's like a warrior. So I would do this really warrior-based voice and like war cries and everything and just be completely vulgar. And I love that because you can just go off the walls with it. Yeah, so the more emotion you put in a character, the better they become. Yeah, you definitely yeah. have to use the imagination for that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And uh, I feel like it's kind of like that with music, too. I do a lot of music and, you, you know art even to like my paintings and stuff like that you just do what you do you don't have to show anybody so you can't really be judged for it unless you decide to show somebody mm -hmm. hey i've done this or whatever but uh i definitely feel like giving life to characters or giving life to something that doesn't already have a voice or whatever is definitely mm -hmm. something that art is about the biggest tip I can give to people if they're going to get into voice acting or even just art in general is you need to immerse yourself in that so, um, for example, Alex Gray, right? That's the uh, artist of the thing. <laughs> yeah. So he immerses himself completely in his work. It's usually through visions or something like that. But um, immerse yourself in it. Like, literally become that. Pretend you're in the world itself. As for characters, completely forget your identity. Don't, this isn't, this is not me. So if I'm doing, for example, Fawn's voice, this is not me. I'm now Fawn. I'm now stepping in her shoes. I'm feeling the turmoil she's feeling. I am feeling the emotion she's feeling. If I'm sad, then she's sad. And that's like one of the hardest uh, difficulties as a voice actor, too, as a voice actor, is when there's like a crying scene 
you got to make yourself cry. Like you got to think of something that makes you cry. You got to become so like immersed and engrossed in this character that you need to cry. You need to feel exactly what they're feeling. If somebody just died and it's a character, it doesn't matter if it's a character, you're going to feel like that character's real. So for example, and this is hypothetical, of course, if Lavender were to die, then I have to pretend I'm crying over the death of like my friend. (laughs) So, and then for art as well, you need to immerse yourself in your art. If you're doing a certain palette, you need to feel that palette's color. If it's yellow, if it's pink or if it's red, you need to feel that. You can associate it with the season. You can associate it with a feeling. If it's like a dark kind of grim painting, like how I do with the Tim Byrne um, influenced ones, then you need to feel that anxiety. And it's actually, it's good to cope with anxiety and depression that way, which is why a lot of people use art as an outlet, because you're still talking to it. You're turning it into a character that was actually mentioned in one of the family gatherings is that you can... um, turn into a character you can personify and then you can talk to it and then you create art out of it and a lot of people think it's beautiful but it's also helping you as well and it's hoping you cope with these things that you normally can't cope with sometimes when it becomes too out of control so people take a sketchbook and just scribble and just like write around so they don't harm themselves but that's still art that's still communicating that's still coping that's still an outlet and that's great because you're not harming yourself you're not harming others yeah i think it's definitely (laughs) has to be an outlet like i mean it has to be done like, I don't think anybody can say that, oh, I, I just do art because I do art. Yeah, oh, it's just art. Oh, don't, it's just <laughs> art. No, you do it because there's something you need to get out of you that's inside of you, regardless if it's a thought or a feeling or emotion or, you know, you just want to punch somebody in the face, so you got to scribble on a piece of paper instead. Regardless, it's always that you've got something in you that you need to get out. And mm-hmm. I think... That's something that, like, I mean, Duncan has helped me bring to my surface recently is that there's a lot that we don't address, like, people, as people, just as humans. Mm-hmm. Just, like, uh, having these feelings. We, we take for granted a lot of these feelings that we have. We're just like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll see you later. And then you walk out the door and get hit by a bus and you forget that, you know, you wanted to say I love you to your brother before you died, mm. but now you're dead. So what can you do, right? Mm-hmm. It's an expression that needs to be had, art, for certain. But um, yeah, Duncan, Duncan brought that to life for me. Uh, speaking of the DTFH, what about the DTFH is, is special to you? I want to hear from you. What is not special about the DTFH if it wasn't for my wonderful little family? <laughs> and my father figured himself dead. But it... God, I don't even know where to start with this. It's such a big topic to me. Like, I don't even remember the person I was before I even came to the DTFH. That's how much it influenced me. But this was six months ago. Actually, I think it might have been seven. I joined the Discord six months ago. And I first watched the Midnight Gospel. I know some people think it's bad to watch the Midnight Gospel first and not know the podcast. But, um, and that really spoke to me. I was in a really dark place. I was still kind of being abused by a lot of people in my life. I didn't have healthy people at all. So I would watch the Midnight Gospel and kind of feel a sense of comfort, like a drawing towards something. And usually when people inspire me and influence me, I kind of want to give thanks to them. So I started drawing a lot on Twitter and it was kind of embarrassing to admit that I would do these like daily things every single day and tag him for like attention. <laughs> but honestly, we're all attention whores, let's put it that way. Everybody likes attention. And I kind of realized that 
after months that, you know, it's okay to want attention because we want attention. We kind of need love to survive. <laughs> so that's one big thing that I actually learned from this family is, you know, it's okay to ask for attention. It's okay to like be selfish sometimes. I'm like, really? It <laughs> was like an eye opener for me. So I went to the Midnight Gospel, did all that stuff. And this is what led me to finding my two best friends, Nick and Chris. Um, I was on Bumble, a dating app, and I went on a date with Nick. But then I also met Chris because they live together and they're in a band. And this is the first day I ever took a psychedelic. And it's a big leap of faith because, again, I was in a dark place. If strangers kill me, then strangers kill me. I don't care at this point. So I took acid for the first time. It was my first drug. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life because not only did I meet my um, unconscious self and my divine, but I there was so much baggage that bubbled up to the surface that I could think about I could talk about freely. And it's like one of those moments where like you get a spark with someone and you can't really explain why. You just met them, but it feels like you've known them forever. And that's kind of how I felt with um, Nick and Chris. It's like, I can open up to these people. I, they just don't feel like the type of person to ruined me again so i did that and we've been best friends for months now and then they so happened to know the dtfh as well and then um after a while when i got sick of tagging him and things i ended up joining the patreon and that's how i gave thanks like the next family gathering was doing that out of tune song and then from then on it's just gathering after gathering of quotes that inspired me and him just cheering me on and being the father figure and just the family cheering me on. It's just a lot of support. Uh, I really have to put it out there for Duncan. If it wasn't for him, I don't know where some of us would be really. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The midnight gospel was definitely a turning point for me. And uh, I understand why it was such a push for you. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it really, because like I said, I don't know where half of us would be without it. Oh yeah. So, just this this family maybe needs to get a little bit of stuff out of the way, but I think once once we're all settled again, we'll be fine. Um, where was I gonna go next? I don't have anything <laughs> out there. Yeah, I look like a. Okay, so we were gonna talk about your practice. Do you do My you only meditate once a week with Duncan? Or do you even meditate? <laughs> yeah, I actually do. Yeah. I'm not big on meditation, surprisingly. I can't sit still or shit, but I do Surprised. practice. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't sit still either. I try. I like. I try. I to, when I want to, I can't sit still. But some some evenings, I just come up here, and I just sit at my computer. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm not in the mood to play anything. I just mm -hmm. sit here for a couple hours, and I don't watch anything, and I don't do anything. I'm not listening to anything. I'm just like, am I meditating? So I wonder just if the meditation. So you could be, yes. I wonder if I'm practicing then and not just uh, and just avoiding the meditation for that reason. But um, I used to I, in the summertime. I used to go outside and I used to just sit there quietly for a couple hours, and that used to feel good. But uh, in the freezing winter of of Canada, we can't we don't have that luxury. Oh um, my god. But uh, well, as far as you've got other things that you do is as far as your practice goes don't you right yeah so that's gonna be high magic and low magic so like low magic or it could technically be high magic is the tarot cards so i would use that for guidance uh i would consult the cards whenever there's when i'm like completely out of answers completely out of like i don't know what the hell i'm doing i usually just consult the cards and they'll give you a little push but the cards the good thing about the cards is they're very honest and i wouldn't say this is a bad thing 
But um, some people don't like reading the reverse cards. They think they get more out of it with the Aubrey version. That's completely fine. Again, whatever suits you best. But I like to re uh, read the reversed ones because it is very harsh and I like harsh truths. I do not like sugarcoating anything. So it'll tell me if I need to get my shit together and to stop doing something, it will tell me, get your shit together and put your head in gear <laughs> before you end up going off a cliff. That's one of my practices. Right. <laughs> it puts me in line. What else, what else puts you in line? Because I, I know I've been having a lot of issues with my temper recently. So putting, putting people in line and grounding them is something that I've been uh, sort of experimenting with, finding things that I can do. I wish I had answered as a temper one because I too have a temper and whenever it's, it's a big emotion. So it tends to um, overcome you. So when you're having a temper, you want to throw things, you want to punch things. And sometimes it happens. And it's not like you can just go, all right, I'm going to meditate right now and get away these motions. Doesn't work like that. Because <laughs> then you're sitting there and your body is like, throw something, damn it. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> can't always just sit still for a minute. I wish it was that easy. Yeah. I really do. But um, the fourfold breathing technique, that is what helped me a lot. And I feel like it will help the meditation. And it will help them really anything, which is, as Damien Eccles puts it, because he's my like high magic teacher, uh, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, then you exhale for four seconds, and you hold it again, and you repeat. So it's four by four by four by four. And um, you can do that during meditation to kind of put you in that little trance, or you can just do that when you're angry. It's great for when you're angry or frustrated because you're taking deep breaths. That's a great thing to do. And um, you do that during your magic practice as well to inhale the energy, the chi from the earth, as he's like to put it, you inhale, uh, fill the light, fill the earth with the light beneath your feet, and then you exhale, but the energy stays in. So a big thing that I learned was that you're not supposed to use your own energy because it depletes you. You're supposed to borrow the energy from the universe. So when I get done a practice, when I get done a practice, I'm sitting there like, yeah. I caught that, don't worry. Fuck. But like, when you get done a practice, I sit there feeling like shit. But then I realize, wait, I'm using my own energy. I'm not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> Girl 2.0 just pointed out that psychologically it takes 20 minutes or so to calm down when angered. Uh, oh, <laughs> so basically, you know, just uh, one whole meditation sitting, just uh, whenever you can, you know, just brush it off. You know, um, I feel like some of the times just taking a walk can help, but uh, in this day and age, even that's sort of out of the question in some in some mm. cases. But um, how has it been for you being coped up with COVID? It's not that bad, actually. But um, Chris not and Nick and I like right? to go to the woods. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm an essential worker, so nothing really changed for me. It's not like I had to quarantine or anything like that because I work at a pet store, so we can't leave the pets to die. So I'm actually always at work. Right. <laughs> and um, whenever we're stressed out, we just want to get in tune with nature, which is a great thing to do. And I will point this out because I was doom scrolling. Never doom scroll. <laughs> Please. And two days ago, I don't know if Crow's watching right now, but we were on the same wavelength here. Just that got we were here, actually. Hi, Crow. <laughs> we were just kind of scrolling and seeing all this stuff going on and the world is just up in flames. And I was scrolling through Twitter and seeing all this hatred. And it managed to turn my mind around in 360 like, is this humanity now? Are we just full of hell and flames? Are we just full of hatred so much? And I was like, I need to get out of here. So I shut down Twitter. And um, I just want to hang out with my best friends. But sometimes we go to the woods, and nature's your best friend, too. Nature comes over like, hey, pal, 
You need to relax? You need to like take a load off? Come on, I'll show you some pretty ass sights. And there you go. That's the best stress reliever for me. <laughs> Crow's yelling because you're psychic and you knew that she was doom scrolling. <laughs> we were talking it. about it earlier. What do you mean? Yeah, like, I mean, we were, we were on about it earlier, so I don't know why it's a surprise to you. I'm psychic because I just like knew that she was because coming. Because we're talking about all these social media things. I'm just going to plug all this stuff for a second. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's right. This didn't work. That's all. Uh, um, so we talked a bit about Prisma Visions, but um, I don't know. Did you divulge everything you wanted to divulge? We talked about um, last night. You put out this. Uh, <laughs> You put out the excerpt for the um, for Prisma Visions last night. The, the whole yes. Um, I had a blast reading that, but I was half asleep. I read it this morning <laughs> it's okay. again. Yeah, I kind of posted it at like three in the morning, so. Yeah, it was definitely something that, like, visionarily, like in my head, I'm I'm a I'm a visualizer. I like to visualize stories that I'm being told. Same here. Visionally, it came to me very very smoothly like so Good, something that i had to That's push great. for to like imagine and it by the by the end of the excerpt it was like it had fully developed into this like anime style you know sequence that it went from like in my head being one of your animatics starting as one of your animatics to being this whole like anime sequence with like high definition bunny rabbit claws and stuff like this thank you I mean, that's a really great compliment actually it, it, it visual like i said visually it came to me very easy and smoothly so i mean that's what i try to use in my stories and like even poetry too i love adding detail to influence the reader or like the the audience to uh kind of just use imagery yeah. Like, I want you to see the picture. I want you to feel what I'm feeling. I want you to see the, what I'm trying to draw here, too. Because I'm probably not going to be able to draw it as well, so I'm going to might as well just write it. <laughs> right. And I feel like the um, imagination definitely took hold. Like, with Lavender having... Well, I, I don't want to go too far with this. <laughs> with the excerpt, it, it lets you know that Lavender is a, is a god. So, right. with Lavender having these, like... Um, this uh, omnipotence about him it went literally from looking like a childish cartoon to evolving slowly into this the sketches that i showed off earlier you didn't see them but i showed off your sketches of of lavender as a god with all yeah many right. arms and stuff like this it like <clears throat> i don't know the evolution i like watching progress happen i like it 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 that's what gets me riveted, really, to be honest. I watch Aaron stream, who rated us earlier. Thank you, Aaron, for rating us earlier. Um, <laughs> the way he builds with his music. I like watching these, like, it's like watching somebody build a tower. They start at these little steps, and they just got to build this door frame, and then they're, they're building this plateau that they're going to lay the foundation on and stuff like this. That's what I'm watching you do right now. I'm watching you lay this foundation out for what you're going to have. And... The way that I sort of watched it evolve in my head, I see that 
progress happening for you. So I want to make sure that you keep going with this. I don't <laughs> want you to give up on this. I know that sometimes you, you say that you give up on your projects, but I want to make sure you keep going with this. Yeah, I have no intention of stopping this one. It actually means way too much right now. I'm glad. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad for the people that are behind you and backing you on this as well. Like, it, it's, it's going to be something that's, regardless of who it's important to, it's going to mm -hmm. be important to a few people. And right. just because of its story and, like, what you have to say there. So it's something that uh, somebody would have gotten out, like, a different version of, and it wouldn't have come across the right way. So I'm really glad you're doing it. Thank you. <laughs> a little bit of praise here and there. Never hurt anybody. <laughs> I'm just so awkward with compliments. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, tell me a bit more about your high magic practice. We didn't really get into the high magic too much. We got into I'm not professional on it. That's the first thing I'm going to say. I haven't actually been able to make it to some of Damien's live streams because I'm at work or I'm just having a moment. But um, the, mainly the high magic practices that I do right now consults with the angels and such. So um, that's going to be like Gabriel, Raphael, uh, Mikael, stuff like that. The LBRP, that's, he said that's like the bare minimum of magic is to do the LBRP, the lesser banishing ritual practice. And, um, or Pentagram. But I do like a little video segment. He has a video up that's kind of like a guided meditation, but it's not a guided meditation. It's a different practice. And uh, that also helps with my imagery and imagination because high magic uh has a lot of uh like imagery involved <laughs> it takes a lot of, um, there's like a certain word i'm looking for it's on the tip of my tongue but i cannot find it for some reason but um you just have to vision these kind of things vision the angels in front of you uh the pentagrams glowing the certain color and um i'll do like the quabalistic cross for example that helps me stay grounded that kind of helps me start the day and in the like for example the solar and lunar meditation where you breathe in and you imagine the sun or the moon depending on the time of day going up and down that's going to like help you with your energy to start the day as well um you can consult the angels if you need some sort of guidance it's kind of the same as the tarot cards but more personal because you can find your personal angel mine for example is gabrielle and uh, which is funny because uh that's the messenger of god and the messenger of god is a dove so two doves but that's one of my practices there's more to it but i'm like drawing a blank i'm so sorry well for me sometimes i consider um playing music a bit of a practice it's not like right i, I don't people say oh i'm practicing music that's not what i mean like i mean spiritual um i just i sometimes get into a loop of repeating the same chords over and over again and sort of just lose mm. myself in a in a mind thing um, I know you've been playing uh, or learning a bit of ukulele recently. Um, it's more often right now the kalimba, if anything. I was going to say there's also the easier. kalimba. But, yeah. Uh, I, I find the kalimba is... <laughs> and I, we're backwards here. I, I, would, I, I would be easier with the uke than I would be with the kalimba. How are you... How, how, does that help you to sort of find a place with yourself yeah that like could be what answers your question about the practice because with the ukulele uh you have to do certain chords and it sets my anxiety off when i can't find a certain chord and it's like it just sounds wrong 
and it just sets my anxiety off and then it gets me really frustrated but with the kalimba i just do it naturally i just kind of like oh what does this button do and then i just keep doing it and it sounds nice it sounds like really mystical it's like kind of the aesthetic that i like so that's what i do i'll just start like hitting around with random buttons and such like that buttons like what would they be called keys keys i guess are they keys um i don't know for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about they might be watching or listening uh after the fact this is a kalimba there we go yeah they both look like keys. that's not right <laughs> here we go get the no, that's not gonna yeah, happen. Yeah. Haunting. I mean, I, I don't play properly. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I'll just flick around like you're doing and somehow make a melody out of it and it just comes naturally to me. Yeah, I get too distracted with those. I just bought that so I had something to play in the car on the way to my uh, trailer. But, <laughs> uh, basically, um, I have not ever managed to come up with a... I mean... A lot of things, I say my guitars are like sonic brushes. I just come up with this sonic imagery that sounds good and I just play it. I've never managed to come up with something that sounds good that I can just play on this. Um, Every instrument speaks differently to people. The ukulele, I want it to speak to me, but I can't force it to speak to me. Mm. <laughs> Sad truth, but... That's the same thing with me with the guitar. I try to I try to force it to speak to me, and it only speaks a couple of sentences. Goo goo ga ga is about what it. Yeah, says. it speaks a foreign language. Like bitch, put me down. <laughs> yeah. I just play it the way that I can play it to you know get used to it. And if it doesn't want to speak to me any further than that, then I leave it be. Yes. But um, I think that I mean all of that, whether it's music or uh, I mean I consider all of it art. I tell people all the time, even if you're just driving to work and you decide to shout at the person in front of you, that's still art. That's still part oh, yeah. of your day. That's still part of what you're doing. It's still art. You want to jump into a pool that's whatever. That's art. Um, but when you're expanding on that kind of thing with like within art, um, not everybody calls your day-to-day -day life art. But when you're expanding on that kind of thing, I think that it helps to remember that your imagery that you've got in your head is not going to be defined by everybody. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you're putting it out there, when you've got this thing, um, Prisma Visions, and you present that to somebody, not everybody's going to see it the way you do. Do you, right. with the story that you're putting across, do you expect some kind of uh, specific um, feedback? No, I actually encourage people to have different interpretations. Like, um, so far, like you and my two in-person best friends are the only ones that know like the actual meaning behind it because you were part of the progress of when I first started this, and like you're the closest person I talk to. So I just started going off like, hey, what if this mattered? Like, what if this person, this person, like, what if it's influenced by this and this? So when we had this little guessing game yesterday, when I was first creating um, Cerulean, and you just kept going, uh, is it this? No, it's this, it's this. I'm like, no, but I like that. And you like, you came up with certain things. I love that. I love when people get it wrong. So that, um, I encourage you to get it wrong. I don't want somebody to look at my, like, my rabbits and go, this reminds me of this, and it's spot on. And it's like, oh, no, I made it too easy. I want you to guess. Like, I want to boggle your mind. I love to speak in riddles. So if you don't get it right off the bat, that's a compliment to me. <laughs> I think that's that's interesting because that makes your, if it's something that makes your imagination work and 
that's what evolves your creativity, and that's what you should go with. And I think, like I said, with the character development, it's been so good so far that if that's what's that's definitely what's working for you. Mm-hmm. It so, encourages theory. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, speculation is one of the most important things to uh, to keep in a good series. Is like you know mm-hmm. have the have the viewer or the reader guessing afterwards to right. Oh, is it going to be this way? Is it going to be that way? Or like a never ending um, cliffhanger. Yeah. If you're too open with it right away, then uh, everybody's going to. The spark doesn't really, like, you know, doesn't work that much. Us. Right. Right. If, you, if it's too easy to guess, then. Uh, yeah. There's nothing there to grasp onto. Um, like, I like to overanalyze things as you do and a lot of other people do as well. So, my inspirations that uh, revolve around the rabbits, for example, I have to overanalyze in order to do that because, for like, I'll try to make a good example without, like, giving away too much. Um, I won't even say a rabbit. I'll just say a character in general. If a character is inspired by a certain person, then um, you wouldn't go, oh, this person's really bubbly and energetic, but sometimes gloomy. And then you put those same things in. The one thing I like to avoid majorly, the same exact quotes into the per- into character's mouth. That's going to be guessed right off the bat if the person knows who it is. Right. So it's like, I'm going to try to find the little underlying details, the little nicks and like the nooks and crannies, the tiny little things that people normally don't pick up on because I like the little details and things. That's what I, another thing that I go by is um I don't like the big picture most of the time. I like the little details that nobody picks up on so that when I tell my friend, hey, I like your, what, how's your animation going? How's your game going? And he goes, you still remember that about me, actually. They're like, yeah, I remember that because I like the little things about people. Like, of course, though. Like, I remember the time when somebody smiled this big at something they saw, something they were passionate about, some things that people would kind of brush off. But it's like, I like the way you have dimples when you smile. I like when your eyes twinkle when you talk about this certain thing. So I like to find the tiny little things about people and then put those into the rabbits because nobody's going to know. <laughs> like, yeah. the person like, does I mean... so much in one day that I take the tiny little things and put the details in that instead. <laughs> Yeah, if you were going to take a character and turn it into a different character, you I mean, I wouldn't make a, a duck that I was going to, I don't know, draw a duck. I wouldn't make it say, bite my shiny metal ass. Because right. <laughs> then it would be a dead giveaway that this duck is supposed to be a specific character from a different Exactly. Place. It, it's definitely, um, when you're taking your inspiration, it's definitely good to be choosy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a particular character that you'd, developed that it would have a line that would definitely give it away but oh there's I, a lot trust me there's a lot <laughs> there's there's quite a few of them but um i don't want to i don't know why i'm doing that because i'm not trying to i'm I know. not trying to give away your, your trying, stuff but it's like, um, oh no i can't do the teasers <laughs> there's those those characters are definitely developing very well and i'm i'm very happy to be a part of and to see where that leads and uh yeah, I hope you keep going with that. So I will. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm gonna just talk about your poems a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really gonna. I don't have any ready to read or anything like that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Don't worry. But um, my favorite one is uh, the message in a bottle one. Oh. Uh, how many have you posted? Do you know how many you've done recently? How many that you posted on? Uh probably like three or four i just started again getting into poetry and i usually write it you know i don't remember which podcast this was with dad but um there was a podcast where he mentioned one of the greatest works from people comes from manic episodes and depression 
<laughs> and if you haven't noticed, my poems usually revolve around when I'm having a goddamn episode. <laughs> um, I can I can definitely hear some of the like this one specifically, which we're talking about, is the message in a bottle one, and there's definitely some hints from Duncan in there. Right, there was a response in the gathering that he talked about. Wouldn't it be yeah. lonely? To, like, I was like, oh, I like that. Some of your other work, uh, I think you had a couple darker ones, but the most one of the most recent ones was called Incense? Yes. I like that one, too. Um, where did... Where did your inspiration from that come from? Just watching the smoke drift after you burn an incense? Literally, yeah. It was uh, the incense burner that I had. And I really liked the way the, sno- the smoke was just kind of like twirling around. And like there's a video up somewhere that I posted of it. But it's like, it looks like it's dancing. It looks like it has like another partner with it. And it's like tangoing and like waltzing. I'm like, that's so cool. It's so cool that smoke is able to do that. So like I wrote a poem after it because it like really inspired me for some reason. Like that's so cool. Like they're intertwining, they're becoming one, but then they split apart too. But then they can literally just come back again if they're lit again. Like that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like water. Like it's like the ocean. There's different streams that separate, but eventually it all sort of conjoins again eventually. Exactly. Like a community. Yeah, exactly. Like there might be some separation and... uh parting ways but eventually it all flows back into each other yeah yeah anyway i think that um that might be a good place to wrap it up did you want to shout yourself out in any of your where the people can find you or anything like that i'm going to give you a shout out anyway no i'm on instagram mainly that's really where i post all my works that's lullaby dove (laughs) but that's really it yeah lullaby dove on instagram we got sabbatical dove on twitter the X grip for Prisma Visions is in the chat, and I'll be posting that in the YouTube link below. Uh, her YouTube channel is up there. Check out uh, the Teespring links that I posted in the chat. You can pick up all these shirt designs there. Keep your eyes and ears peeled on that YouTube because there might be some more Prisma Vision stuff coming soon. Who knows? Check out Rat and Tat, too, because that's an interesting little short Yeah, it's very interesting. It's crude. Just saying (laughs) PG-13. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Um, We appreciate you. And we will see y'all later.